What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals podcast. And today our guest is Craig Napoliello. Craig is a very busy professional, uh, an executive in financial technology in New York City. He's super busy, and yet he makes time to successfully invest in real estate. And today we are talking about strategies that he has implemented to make time for investing in real estate, to stay focused in that time and stay productive in that time, and other things that he's used to grow his real estate portfolio now to uh, 72 units. And probably by the time this is released, he'll have even more under his belt. So it's a great interview. If you're somebody out there who thinks you don't have the time, there are strategies in here that you can implement to make the time and find the time. Because if you think you don't have the time, eh, you might not be right about that. So we need to be resourceful. And this is the episode for that. For those who don't know, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Love talking about these topics. Real estate, I believe, is the best source of wealth for busy professionals to generate it passively in their free time but we have to go capture that opportunity. We have to make it happen for ourselves. And Craig is a guy who is doing that. So this is a great interview. Without any further ado, here we go with Craig Napoliello. Craig, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Good to talk with you. You're a very busy professional. Tell us about what you do, uh, like kind of in your daily life. And then, you know, let's get into your passive wealth strategy. I just want to understand your background, then we'll get into what you're actually uh, pursuing. Sure. Yeah, I'm a um, I'm 39 years old. I live in in Brooklyn, New York, and I work at a uh, at a fintech company. And in 2019, I started focusing on multifamily investments and by the end of the year I had 72 units and investments in several other sort of affordable housing strategies. That's great. And you know, my first reaction to that when you you talk about, you know, your, your day job, you know, in the New York city area, it's, it's, it's hard to make time, right? It's hard to find the time to be disciplined, to do all of these things, but we're not on this show to make excuses. And obviously you didn't make excuses, but you know, I, I'd like to learn strategies you've used or things that you've done to make that time so that you're able to, you know, make your investments and, and build your Passive wealth, absolutely, and yeah, you know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with you know really prioritizing your time, really you know looking in the mirror and being honest with yourself about you know what your priorities are. So you know for me, this is a this is very it's, it, this is very important for me to make progress and improve and work towards my financial goals. Again, this is all about you know also you know the, this has become very popular in the past several years because of Simon's next book and people talk about the why. And, you know, that's really important, right? Because if something is not that important to you, over time, it's going to slide down your priority list, right? So um, the why for me and why I approach multifamily real estate or cash flowing real estate is because I never want to have to spend time away from the things that I love doing, going to, you know, going to a job or spending my days doing something that I don't want to do, right? So I'm very fortunate. I love my W2 job. I expect that to go on for, for a long time, as long as, as long as they'll have me. Um, but you know, the, the cash flow and real estate piece is, 
you know, that is my, that is my forever hedge, right? I love doing that. And I just, I know that as long as I continue to build my, my passive wealth, my passive income stream, that I'll never have to go to a job that I don't want to be at. Right. So, um, so again, with that being such a high priority for myself and my family, I'm able to, you know, very easily, you know, say prioritize that because it is so important to me. Right. So when I have those, those challenging days, when I run those obstacles, like my why is important enough to me that I can plow through them. So, um, there's, there's a, a, one of a great book that's a, it's a real estate book called the one thing mm. they talk about time management a lot in that book and time blocking. And it really spoke to me, um, as far as the, the, the time blocking and really setting aside specific blocks of time for your priorities. First, that requires you to, to really be honest with yourself, right? Because like for myself, right, I'm married and I have no kids. So the time that I knew that I could allocate to these to building my passive wealth and my passive income stream is at nights and on, for example, my wife works on Saturdays. So I spend hours every Saturday focusing on, you know, moving the ball forward, right? But again, that's a very, very personal thing. If you are, you know, if you have children, if you have a partner and you have children, right, setting aside five to 7 p.m. at night or Saturdays is probably not realistic, right? So this all hinges upon you honestly looking at your life and trying to figure out time slots that can work for you because, you know, while you're pursuing your passive wealth, you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to upend the rest of your life. You want to make sure that you can pursue these goals and keep your life in balance. You're right. I mean, people, we do all have different conditions and we have to keep in mind, you know, what our relative advantages and disadvantages are and where we can make kind of make holes in our schedule. Um, But when we make that time, we need to make sure that we're still productive. You know, you can block that time out and then sit and, I don't know, surf the internet internet. for a whole time, not be productive. So how have you also you know, controlled that? Have you had to deal with that? I mean, I think some people are also just generally better at that type of focus than, than others. I'm one of the ones that's not great at that. So what have you done? I wouldn't say I'm great either. I think that, I think that affects everyone, right. As far as the, you know, the shiny objects and, um, and, you know, just sort of losing focus. Um, I've been, I've been, I've been, I've attempted to in those moments and those, those time blocks is to sort of remove any potential distractions, right? So, just basically very, very specific about what am I trying to do here? Like, what am I looking at? And then also on top of that, being honest with myself, like, is this really, you know, moving the ball forward? Am I, am I taking actions that are going to, you know, even take one step forward? Because you can also set, I can also block off time for three years to, to um, research markets, for example, which I think is a very common thing. And I see so much material, material out there. Is it? I, and I feel, and I, I did it some myself for sure. I was guilty of it as well. But I'm sure there's many people out there that are still blocking off time and spending mornings and evenings and weekends researching markets, which you know I think is a, a huge mistake personally. Because I mean that's that's the beauty of being a, a a real estate investor in 2020. There's so much content available to us for free, right? So you know probably in three hours you can you can figure out what the good markets are. As we sit here. We, get, we can throw out names that everyone sees and, you know, Nashville and Jacksonville and all these, you know, sort of like, you know, robust markets that sort of everyone wants to be in. So don't spend too, don't allocate too much time to those things, right? Because everyone like wants to feel busy. Hey, I, I spend three hours today working on my real estate business. You make sure that you are, are focusing that attention, that time 
on tasks that are actually moving the ball forward and not just making yourself feel busy. Okay. And not just making yourself feel busy. I, I think that's a, a good goal to keep in mind. And, and I appreciate that example of not spending too much time researching markets um, because we can kind of monkey see monkey do and look at what the successful investors are investing and where they're investing. And then, you know, demonstrate to ourselves why it's a good idea, but also not burn too much time on actually researching those markets. Um, Now, as you're investing in these markets or when you select a market quickly, are you taking time to go visit it and get to know it, you know, boots on the ground? Or what are you doing as far as, you know, physically doing due diligence on the market? Or is that not a good use of time either? That's that's a great question. I, I think it's sort of again a very very personal thing. Like there's, I was comfortable investing long distance, and I like I live in New York City, so it's a basically it's a terrible market for for multifamily as far as especially if you're prioritizing um, cash flow yield. And so, I I was comfortable, um, and the way that I was able to successfully do that is that I spent a lot of time building relationships in that market, right? So basically, getting trusted professionals sort of on my side to help navigate me through their market, right? And they're, they're the locals. They're the ones who are going to understand it better than myself. You know, that being said, there's nothing wrong with, I think a lot of people would probably feel very uncomfortable investing long distance. There's a lot of great books by the bigger pockets crew about investing long distance. And I read one of those books and that's what sort of propelled me forward and allowed me to, that's what gave me the confidence to pursue investing in markets that were not close to me. So to answer your question, I, on, on the first property, um, I, I physically went up there. On the second property, I physically went up there. On the third and fourth property, I still have not seen them. Wow. So I still have, I still have not been there. And they, they are, one of them has basically been complete repositioned. The other one's sort of halfway through being repositioned. And I've still never seen them. That being said, again, it's a, this is a very, very personal thing. Once I, you know, through the first two properties, I built some outstanding relationships with professionals in that market that I trusted. That allowed me to then start investing on properties that, that I had not seen. Again, if you're not comfortable doing that, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It, it's, it's, it's more important that you're honest with yourself because if you're like forcing yourself to invest long distance and you're just not comfortable doing that, right? That, that may be the sort of the hurdle that prevents you from investing at all, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we want to avoid some of those hurdles that will just outright stop us and at least if it if it makes the most sense for us start slow so that we at least get the ball rolling rome wasn't built in a day and we're not going to build a huge real estate portfolio uh, in a day so let's talk about some of the things that you are investing in and whether or not i mean you mentioned your unit count at the top of the show which sounds like you're not starting slow so good on you but you know how you got started and, and things you're investing in and you know how you got the the ball rolling ultimately Yes. So it started with me. I, I got the bug. My sister-in-law mentioned to me that she was um, looking at listening to bigger pockets. So I started listening to bigger pockets. I went down you know, that rabbit hole and I've always been interested in real estate. So that was already there. And, but I've been interested in real estate and, you know, it's just sort of from the, um, from a distance. And I'm one of these people that always investigated marks, but I'd never sort of thought about it. Like, Hey, this could be a business for me. And, you know, this could, this could provide me and my family, you know, things like passive income and, you know, a way to sort of pass down assets and all the, all the great benefits that real estate brings. 
So I started listening to Bigger Pockets, and then I, I thought to myself, which I think is an important step in the process. I did a deep dive into all my my personal finances and said, "Is my money working for me right now?" I'm listening and learning about all these excellent alternatives for for cash flow. Like, what is it, the money that I actually have or the assets I actually have? Like, what are they doing for me? And as you know, you can probably see where this is going. As I sort of looked more closely at that, I recognized, okay, I have some some you know, equity and assets and different things that are not working hard for me at all, right? They're basically, they're, they're sitting there, you know, almost idle, some of these assets. So I said, so like, great, how can I sort of, how can I mobilize these assets and put them into some of these great things I'm learning about? So that was a, a huge first step acknowledging to myself that I have, you know, assets um, or, you know, cash or whatever it was that are not working for me. How can I basically take those and convert those into cash falling assets? So I sort of committed to myself mentally that that is something that I needed to do. Okay. And that being said, for anyone out there listening, you know, that doesn't have assets, I mean, again, I'm 39 years old that, that I, you know, so luckily I do have some, but if you, if you do not have assets, if you don't have cash, that is not a big deal at all. So that should not prevent you from pursuing this sweat equity is much more important than, than equity. That's a much more difficult piece of the puzzle is the sweat equity over the equity. Um, luckily I, you know, I had a little bit of both, right? So I could put both those, those forward. So um, so I basically listened to bigger pockets, went down that rabbit hole and I decided to myself, you know, I, I'm very much a believer in there's some things that you will absolutely never learn from a textbook, right? That you have to basically be taking action and you have to be, you know, sort of learning on the job. So after a few months of listening to every podcast, I get my hands on reading a bunch of books, the long distance investing by the bigger pockets guys, I isolated a market that I was comfortable with. And I've been re you know, reaching out to folks in that market. One of the, the, the local professionals that I built a, a good rapport with talked to me about a duplex that was off market they were in touch with. I went up there. I ended up buying this duplex. So let's, let's say it was like a you know, B minus to C type of a duplex. So that's where I started. It was a market in New Hampshire, just over the New Hampshire line from, from Massachusetts. So that's how I started. Um, from that, I learned a tremendous amount. The best thing that I ever did by far was buying the duplex because again, my, my learning curve accelerated and, you know, basically went like parabolic and I made a ton of mistakes, which, you know, I, you know, I, mistakes are, you know, some people are, get very discouraged by mistakes. I'm, you know, almost excited about mistakes. I think it's very important to lean into the mistakes. Like there are so many things that I would have never learned if I didn't do that duplex. I made some, some terrible blunders, but again, I felt so much stronger coming out of the, the process with the duplex. And that's what gave me the, the, you know, the courage and the, um, the confidence to then, you know, pursue bigger things. Right. So you mentioned, I went from, you know, the two units to 72 units and that's because it's really because of the duplex, right? The duplex was a springboard to other properties in that market. Again, I, I built a ton of relationships that gave me confidence. I learned, I learned about you know, renovation budgets, which I made some terrible mistakes on that front. Again, that gave me confidence, right? Going into bigger properties. And I saw, I saw the magic of, of, of a good property manager, right? And what that, how powerful that lever is. If, you know, really, this is like one of these interesting things, right? People invest in, let's say the stock market, and you put your money in, you know, in an Apple. You know, I, I doubt anyone on this podcast got to, got to handpick Tim Cook as the CEO. I mean, he's a very good one. But my point is like, you have sort of no control over that process. The property manager piece, you literally get to handpick the CEO of your business which is, is, again, if you pick correctly, 
is such a powerful thing. And I saw that across two units, how powerful that could be. And I you know, said to myself, wait a second, if, if, if this is what they can do with two units, what can they do with 10 or 20 or, or more? And, and that's what really was the, the sort of the springboard for me going from the two units into you know, the 70 plus units on my own. And in between there, which is a key piece is that after, after the duplex, I said, wow, I really want to get into this. I want to be full steam ahead. And, you know, you probably noticed the theme of me, you know, I think relationships are very important, especially with someone with a full-time job who's busy. I, you know, I think it's important to, you know, again, rely on the knowledge of others, right? There are people before me that have much more experience than myself, as opposed to me, you know, waiting the 15 years to catch up with their experience, you know, why not build a relationship with them and leverage their experience? So um, to that point, in between the, the two units and then growing to 70 plus units, I, I signed up for a mentorship, which I absolutely loved. And, you know, it was, was just, was, again, was, was huge. And it really, it gave me a, it really, a, you know, sort of a safety net as I was trying to go from a, a two unit. The next place I bought was, was 21 units was that was that, you know, they really sort of, you know, helped me and gave me the confidence to make that, that big jump. Okay. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot in there, a lot to unpack. And you said one thing um, that sweat equity is more important than equity, equity. And I see that, you know, investing from a distance, it seems like that sweat equity is a bit harder to actually generate. I mean, when I think sweat equity, I think, you know, buy a property up the street and go swing the hammer yourself. Yeah. Um, but the, the sweat equity and investing from a long distance, uh, you know, and, and you explained a few things in there of, of I think what that means. Uh, but I really want to make sure we, we fully, you know, suss that out and, and what that has meant to you, especially as a, a long distance investor. Yeah. So, so the sweat, the sweat equity piece, and again, this is, you have to, you have to, again, so much, so much of this comes down to accurately evaluating your personal situation, right? So if you, you know, like, that's a great point. If you don't have money to invest, you know, you may want to pick your local market or a market that you can drive to a market that's, you know, sort of, you know, close enough that you can apply your sweat equity to the situation. So I think that's a, that's a great, great question. Um, you know, there, there is like, you know, there, there's so much emphasis put on markets, right? You know, Jacksonville, you know, Nashville, all these markets that are just, you know, they're, you know, Austin, Houston, all these, we, we all sort of know these markets that are, you know, growing like bamboo, right? So that doesn't mean, you know, we have to also, if you take a step back, right? Real estate investing is just a business, right? Now, again, while you do not want to catch a falling knife, you can run a successful business anywhere, right? There are, there are successful coffee shops in Austin and Houston, and there's successful coffee shops in, you know, Rochester, right? So again, you don't want to catch a falling knife, but again, if your situation is that you have no money to, you know, to put forward towards a deal, you know, what other value can you bring, right? You can, you can know, you know, your market, you know, you know, very well, you can understand, you know, renovations, rehabs, you can be a property manager, right? There's are so many different things that you can bring to the table. Again, that's, that's about understanding what you bring to the table, right? So again, if you, if you bring zero money, then maybe a more local market is a better pick for you. Mm, okay. Okay. And you also talked about your, uh, mentorship program. Um, what did you, which one did you join and you know, what are ways that that has benefited you? Because it, you know, talking about this, this equity piece, I mean, this is not, this is not a game for, for at least in my mind, for folks with $0 in the bank. Like we need to yeah. get our personal finances in order, 
start that yeah. savings, you know, get our, our budget in place and then, you know, make these investments and the, um, these mentoring programs I and mean, some of them, depending on which one you invest in could be $50,000, which is an sure. enormous amount of money. Um, yep. We don't need to have, you know, talk about how much you spent. You probably can't tell us, but you know, which one did you no, yeah, invest in and uh, all that? I, I did. I did the Jake and Gina one. Okay. It was, it was 10,000. Yeah. Which I understand is, 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 you know, that is a, you know, a, a lot of money and I can't even tell you, like, I, I wish that, you know, if, if I could calculate the return on that investment, it's, it was, it was, it, there was an, an, an excellent ROI, right? So, you know, what I learned from them, the access to them. And, you know, at this point now I, I, I you know, know, them well. I talked to you know Gina regularly, and how they helped me along in the process um, was really invaluable. So again, I understand that, that that's not everyone has this in mind to invest in that. You know, if you do, and again, just just the whole concept of investing in yourself, right, which comes in many different forms. I was fortunate enough that I was able to afford um, Jake and Gina's um, you know mentorship, and it was it was a great investment. I would do it you know many times over if I could. Um, I'm now looking into mobile home parks and I just signed up for um, Frank and Dave's mobile home park university, which I just did the virtual one this past weekend. And I can already tell that again, the, the, the expense of it was about $2,000 that that's going to be you know, an excellent return. And there's a lot of information that, you know, all their decades of experience that I would never, I wouldn't be able to get anywhere else. Hmm. Interesting. So why making the shift over to mobile home parks? And we talked about those on the show before a little bit, um, yeah. but why are you making the jump? There's, there are, there are a lot of characteristics that I, that I, you know, like about them. It's, there's a lot of similarities as far as that, you know, the profile of say BNC class apartments in the sense, like, you know, for myself, I'm trying to create a passive income stream, which both those achieve. I would like to be lower in the spectrum as far as affordable housing and mobile home parks. Let's say the average, the average price of a running a mobile home park pad is, you know, a fraction of, of running a B and C class apartment building. So That's that was, very that, true. That was the main yeah. catalyst. I want to okay. basically be, I, I want to be, I want to be on the, I want to be as low in the cap structure as possible. So was that, um, that, that again, brings up the question of markets you're investing in and you know, these mobile home parks are, tend to be a lot more spread out. They're, if they're near a primary market, they're not going to be really anywhere near the center of town. They're going to be pretty far out. So, you know, it kind of begins the whole process over again, but if it's worth it, then it's worth it. Yes. And that's, you know, so that, that will, um, you know, time will tell. I feel super bullish on it, to be honest. The more I learn about it, I did the, the, um, the camp, and, you know, again, I'm just sort of, you know, learning a ton every single day, you know, devoting a lot of time again, I'm, you know, back to the, you know, blocking off time and setting off specific tasks of, of, you know, when am I going to be educating myself? When am I going to be building relationships and just devoting time to the whole process again, which again, my, the experience I had in, in multifamily and with Jake and Gino, you know, that just given me a tremendous amount of confidence to pursue really anything. Right. So, and that's, I think that that's, you know, again, that, that in itself is, is priceless sort of like, you know, now that I uh, sort of have this mindset where I'm confident in myself to achieve success in any, it doesn't matter really what, what, um, niche of, of real estate there is the, you know, th- that whole process started itself all over again. So. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, if we're kind of distilling some of these lessons here, take inventory of the assets and the, you know, what you have available to you, make sure your money is working for you. And if you're just a regular Joe that hasn't started investing in real estate yet, it's probably not really working mm-hmm. for you. And then 
learn how to time block, take, <coughs> take stock of the time that's available in your schedule that you can really make available and then stay focused on completing those tasks while you're working on them. If we're going to kind of pull some of these important lessons out of uh, what you've learned so far. Absolutely. And, and you brought up like the, you know, the, the job thing. Um, you know, I think that we've gotten to this place you now. I just hear, you know, that like people sort of like, you know, demonize, you know, um, you know, W2 jobs and, you know, like it's maybe like the, you know, the lack of freedom or whatever it is, you know, I'm very, you know, I feel very fortunate is that, you know, one is that if you were in a W2 job, there, you know, there are a ton of positives to that. Right. So as you mentioned, like, you know, if you want to start, you know, if you want to start saving money and then start in, investing yourself in, you know, whatever different strategies that may be interesting to you, you know, your income stream helps that. Right. So, you know, look, you know, definitely, I would say this, if you have a job and, you know, you, you do not have to be running towards the exits, right. There are a lot of benefits of having a job that, you know, that can help, you know, sort of propel you towards your goals. So again, I, I view my job. And again, I, I certainly would not advocate, you know, working a job you hate. I'm very lucky. I, you know, I love my job. I excited about the opportunities. My alarm clock goes off. I'm excited in the morning. Um, you know, but it also, my, my discretionary income from that job, you know, does allow me to make investments in real estate. Right. So I'm, I'm working towards sort of two goals at once. Nice. Nice. So really hustling away at it. I love it right now. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Craig, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Yes. Great. First one, what's the best investment you ever made other than in your education? Definitely for me, it was the duplex. Um, you know, I, I can't emphasize that enough. I mean, I had a, I had a, um, a friend of mine who has been discussing getting into multifamily, he just bought a duplex and I mean, he was probably surprised at just how over the top excited I was for him just because, you know, I know the sort of the power of doing that. And again, what you sort of learn from that first property, you know, whether it's a duplex or, or triplex or, you know, whatever it is, but just basically doing that first property and, you know, taking the plunge and, you know, everything I learned from that, which is again, the power of property management, um, the ability to invest long distance, which is not for everyone, but you know, it was for me, um, you know, sort of uh, the, the rehab process, which again, I, I can't, I, I, I overspent by so much. Um, it was, it was ridiculous. Um, but just, you know, everything that I learned, you know, you know, on top of that, it's sort of like it, like all of a sudden you're in the arena, right? So now all of a sudden I am a real estate investor, right? I'm talking to these people, everyone in that market, real estate brokers and real estate lawyers and property managers, like as a real estate investment, a real estate investor, um, which again, just sort of like shifting my mindset to, to actually, to being that, um, you know, was just a huge step for me. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, finally making that shift in my mind that I am <coughs> a real estate investor after becoming one, uh, it was huge. And, and it, it, it really, it's, it's hard to really quantify the impact of that, but it made a huge difference for me as well after making my first real estate investment to, it even took me a few months to really realize that I'm a real estate investor. Yeah. But it, 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 it really helps push you forward. Totally. It's, it's weird. Yeah, absolutely. On the Mindset's, other side of that. Sure. I'm sorry. I would say, just, you know, my mindset is such a, is such a big deal. Um, and you know, Jake and Gino sort of emphasize this a lot, you know, like the, the mindset of being a real estate investor, you know, I thought to myself at the beginning, like I have a W2 job, like this is what I am. But you know, at the, at the end of the day, if you're a, if you spend 40 hours a week or 50 hours a week being a, you know, being in, in FinTech or being a bus driver or, 
you know, or, or whatever, whatever your other profession is, that does not make you less of a real estate investor. That just makes you that job for, you know, 40, 50 hours a week. And then the rest of the time, you know, you can be a real estate investor. So, so, so recognizing that in yourself, I felt like almost a little bit self-conscious about it. Like, Oh gosh, like, you know, like these guys are talking to me, like, I'm not really a real estate investor. Like, you know, you really have to, to understand, like, you know, that's what you are. If you want to be that, you know, you have to, you know, present that way and, and think that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we had the best investment. Now we're going to move on to the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? So the, the, the renovation job I did on the duplex, um, I spent, you know, when I say this, the, the multiple of, you know, maybe I spent, you know, 10 times too much type of thing. Um, I just sort of had, you know, you know, going into it, I'm definitely not a handy person at all. So I'm just, it's not like I, you know, sort of like walk in a room, I can be, I can fix this for this much and fix that for that much. I'm not great with a hammer. Um, so approaching the situation, I just to sort of assume we had to do everything and, you know, not really sort of, you know, analyzing the, you know, the, the cost, the, um, the benefits and the returns on every single piece, which I think is an important thing, right? Like, you know, if you spend the money to put in a refrigerator, sort of what is that, you know, what does that do for your rents? What is the return on each, each piece of the puzzle? And I just said, let's sort of, you know, do it all. The, the budget, you know, just spun way out of control. Um, so again, that being said, that was, a, that was by far my worst investment. That, that re the return on that money I spent on that renovation project was horrendous. But that also, that also, again, sort of alerted me to, you know, this is a major blind spot for me. And I, you know, then focused with my, you know, my, the, in the, during the mentorship, I spent a lot of time asking questions and then, you know, sort of researching on my own, talking to other people in the market about, you know, sort of like, how can I approach this better? So that, then again, on the next property I did, I was much better at that part of the process. Nice. Wow. Well, we need to remember when we're doing our renovations that we're not making a place for ourselves to live in. Yes. And, you know, the absolute nicest thing. We're not trying to spend everything we can spend. We want to design it for the market, maybe be a little nicer than the competition, but we don't, you know, we, we don't want to spend every dime we have in uh, renovation budget. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? The most important lesson I've learned is that it's really, it's really the intangibles um, that, that, that make a person successful. You know, for me, like if I think of a specific word, it's, it's persistence and really perseverance. You know, growing up, my, my dad said to me you know, millions of times that, you know, perseverance is, is omnipotent, which is basically perseverance is all powerful. Um, I moved to New York when I was 22 years old, literally with a suitcase in my Honda Civic, no job, no money, no friends. And, you know, just because I wanted to pursue a job in finance up here and I, you know, showed up in New York and again, with basically with sort of no hope, terrible resume, all that type of stuff, um, a very low, yes, a low chance of success. And it was really just persistence. And I think, you know, over time, you know, people recognize like, gosh, this kid is not going to give up. And, you know, eventually someone, you know, gave me a chance and, and the rest is history. And, um, you know, that was, that was sort of an extreme example, but that, that changed my life, right. That completely changed my life. And, um, I've sort of applied that same persistence to, to other situations, but you know, sort of the, the great thing about that, again, persistence or perseverance or mindset or all these intangibles, you know, the beauty of those things are, is that, you know, you don't need, there's like, there's no prerequisite. You don't need a, a fancy college degree. You know, you, you don't need money in the bank. 
all you just need to you need to embody those um, those qualities, and that's that's sort of the, the great thing about it is that it doesn't matter if you're you know a billionaire or just you know or, or in high school right now. Um, you know, if you through persistence, and again, there's obviously nuances. You have to be you know sort of you know gracious and self-aware and all those type of things that 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 partner with that persistence. Um, but you know, anyone can apply that and, and be successful. Nice. I love it. Craig, thank you for joining us today and, and sharing these important lessons about how we can get started or further our investments, even if we are super busy professionals. If folks want to learn more about you and if they want to get in touch, where can they find you? Sure. They can uh, They can email me at lunchhailcapital at gmail.com, L-U-N-C-H-P-A-I-L-C-A-P-I-T-A-L at gmail.com. They can look me up on all the you know, LinkedIn, all the other social media outlets uh, under my name, Craig Napoliello, C-R-A-I-G, last name, N-A-P-O-L-I-E-L-L-O. Great. Lunch Pail Capital. I like that. Thank you for joining us once again today and sharing those lessons. Very, It's very important. You know, We need to have our mindset in the right place first and then know that we can accomplish this task of finding time at our schedule and making thing, these things happen and learning all these important lessons from folks more important, more, more important, more experienced than us. And then, you know, finally, uh, when we are make our first real estate investment, having that switch flip in our mind that I am a real estate investor is super important and it feels great and it just helps further us along and all these other great lessons you shared today. Really appreciate it. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's very much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the fold. Really appreciate you tuning in. I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great week, and we will talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.